Well, welcome to WNZN Radio, uh, coming to you from Lorain, Ohio. Very happy that you tuned in on this beautiful summer day. Mm. As we actually go to Memorial Weekend, and uh, yeah, again, glad you tuned in. I'm in the station here with my good friend, Assistant David Abood. Hey, John, great to be here with you today. Good to have you, and yeah. Tristan Abood. Yes, sir. Home from college and going to share some wisdom with us this morning. Yes, sir. We thank you, Tristan. Okay, well, as promised, we talked last week, David, that we're going mm -hmm. to have some special guests coming up, I believe, in the month of June. Yeah. And mm -hmm. uh, prior to that, uh, we've had questions about uh, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in the life of a Christian, yes. which really is, we're going to look at a moment, is the defining factor of a believer and an unbeliever. Mm -hmm. And um, we're going to share that a little bit this morning in the program and really look at this. Mm -hmm. um, so, but I want to start in Colossians. Uh, okay. Chapter 1, uh, verse 26, uh, the Apostle Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, says this, The mystery which has been hidden from all the ages, from generations, but now has been revealed to his saints. Now, in the Bible, oftentimes mystery means something that was uh, veiled in the Old Testament. It wasn't fully revealed. Mm, uh -huh. But in the New Testament, it is revealed. It's manifested. Mm -hmm. And that's what he's going to share here. But he says, this thing has been hidden all through the ages. What is it? It says in verse 27, to them, that's believers, uh -huh. God wanted to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery. So here it is. He's like pulling this curtain back. What is it? Among Gentiles. Now that's very important because Israel knew that God spoke to them. His mm -hmm. presence was in the temple. But now right. this is for non-Jews, mm -hmm. for Gentiles. What is it? Christ in you. Mm -hmm. The hope of glory. This is the that's mystery. That's the key. That is your key, yeah. is Christ in you. And we're going to see in a moment, that is the, the defining uh, uh, requisite to being mm -hmm. a Christian. Now, mm -hmm. some people might think being a Christian, I go to church, I donate money, I uh, pray, I do all of these things, which are good, you know, but is, that's not the thing. Mm -hmm. The mm -hmm. thing is our, is the Holy Spirit indwelled to you. Mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, Tristan, maybe you could read... We can look at this more in detail in First John chapter 5. Yeah, so um, chapter 5, verse 10 through 12. So it says in verse 10, Whoever believes in the Son of God has the testimony in himself. So if you believe in Jesus, you have the testimony mm -hmm. in himself. Then it says, Whoever does not believe has made him a liar. Because he has not believed in the testimony that God has borne concerning his Son. And then verse 11 says, And this is the testimony that God gave us, eternal life, and that this life is in his Son. Verse 12 says, Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. Okay. Verse 12 is very important. It's all one syllable uh, in, my, in the King James. It says, mm -hmm. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son does of God have does not have life. Yes. You see? That is... The demarcation. It's like life, yeah. death, light, mm -hmm. darkness. It's There's no in-between mm -hmm. on yeah. this. And what is it? It's do you have the Son of God? Is Christ dwelling in you right. like we just saw in yeah. Colossians? Yeah. And how important is this today that people really understand this and then realize, as it says in Colossians, we'll look later, that we hold this treasure yeah. in earthen vessels, mm -hmm. our yes. mortal bodies. Right. We, we are now indwelt. Uh, with the Holy Spirit. Mm. Yeah. That's such an important point. Mm. Such an important point. And so what we're going to look at is some of the things that happen to us when you receive uh, the Holy Spirit. 
into your heart, mm-hmm. into your life. Mm-hmm. And uh, first and foremost, we just looked at the first thing the Holy Spirit does for us is gives, gives us life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gives us life. Because it will say in the, in the scriptures very clearly in Ephesians mm-hmm. chapter 2, we are dead in our trespasses and sins. Yeah. You know, before we come to Christ, before we have a relationship with God uh, uh, through Jesus, we are, it, we are dead. Now, mm-hmm. that, that's an important point. I mean, it's not just like we're immoral or all of this yeah. other stuff. We are actually spiritually separated from God. Mm-hmm. You'll see that in, in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1. And two. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. There you go. God has made us alive. There you go. Mm-hmm. Who were once dead. Mm. Yeah. What, what did God say to Adam and Eve in the garden? If you partake of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, what would happen? You'll surely die. Yeah. You will surely die. Yeah. And that's where death started. Now, everybody that's born... From those two first two parents, is dead. Yeah. Mm. Some call it original sin. Some call it mm-hmm. the the lostness of man. Yeah. But essentially, we're the the cord is separated. We're separated from God. Therefore, uh, we live apart from God. You know mm. that's why the Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Mm-hmm. And uh, we we said that before. Mm. Now you could live a moral life. You could try to live a good life, and that's all well and good. Just like when Nicodemus approached Jesus in in, uh, jo- mm-hmm. in John chapter three, he was a teacher. Yeah, he was Jewish. He was well respected. Yeah, and, and mm-hmm. what did Jesus say to him? You must be born again. Mm-hmm. You got You need this new life in yourself. Mm-hmm. And he chided him. He says, "You should know this if you are a teacher of Israel." Mm-hmm. Well, how much more so should we believers, Christians, know this and explain this to people? Yeah, um, I, I think one of the biggest things, John, uh, too, is the fact that, um, you know, with the separation of God, we have the fear, you know, uh, we, we, we have the fear that comes in um, because of our separation from God. And until we take Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we ha- we're in a fallen world, so we have that fear. Mm-hmm. And that's what leads to addictions and everything else. So. The main thing is, you know, 1 John 4.19, there's no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, which was the Garden of Eden, uh-huh. as you said. And whoever fears has not been perfected in love. Right. And it's, you know, God sending his son, dying for us on the cross, r- rising into heaven. But before he went, he said, you want me to go because Father will send you the helper. That's it. And that's the whole thing of the Holy Spirit. You know, I, I was never taught anything about the Holy Spirit only once a year on Pentecost. Right. When the disciples were together, they were they were together, they were praying, and then the Holy Spirit came. There was a big wind, and then the tongues of fire were over their head. That's really all I ever really studied on the Holy Spirit. I don't know if you were the same way or not, but there's so much more to it. Oh, I, I do it, very it's, little. It's so much more to it. You, you're absolutely yeah. right, David. And Again, I want to reiterate, I'm just going to quote from Romans 8. We'll get back to this chapter in a moment. But it clearly says that, uh, verse 9, but you are not of the flesh. He's talking to believers, but in the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. Mm. That is very clear. Yeah. You see, and and I think this should be really taught Mm -hmm. and preached on a regular basis. Yes. Because Paul hits this again if you look at 2 Corinthians Mm -hmm. 
chapter 13, verse 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, uh, verse 5. Um, he'll say this. Or maybe you have it, Tristan. It's 2 Corinthians. What is it? 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5. Just read it slowly. It says, examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves or you do not... Uh, or you do not realize this about yourselves, that Jesus Christ is in you, unless indeed you fail to meet the test. Do you see that? Yeah. Right. He says, examine yourself. Yeah. Then he says, test yourself. Mm -hmm. He's writing this to a church in Corinth, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and he says, what's the test? What's the litmus test? Is Christ in you? Yeah. yeah. Not are you going to church? Not have you given away idols? Mm -hmm. Not have you given to the poor? Yeah. Is Christ in you unless you fail the test? Right. And there's people that may be sitting in church, Mm -hmm. Every Sunday, doing good things, but the very best thing, did they did they turn from their old way of life and by faith receive Christ? It says in John chapter one verse twelve, to as many as received Him, yeah. to them He gave the privilege to become a child of God. And right. so, John, I don't know about you, but when I was a server boy, we always tell these stories, and I was sitting there kneeling and looking up at the priest. You know, I thought all I had to do was show up and do that once a week, right? And that was absolutely it. That was absolutely um, everything I thought I needed to do to be born again uh, in Christ. And, and that's not the case at all. Right. Yeah. And, and I, I think that's so important because yeah. when you become a believer and the Holy right. Spirit comes in you, mm -hmm. we're going to look at this in a moment. Yeah. It's not a force like electricity or gravity. It's a person. You know, it's the, it's the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. uh, you, I'm going to use the word obsessed, but he kind of obsesses you. Right. Yeah. He's in your thoughts. He's in your life. Right. When you yeah. pray, when you drive the right. car, uh, why do you go to church? Why do you study the Bible? Why do you make radio shows, you see? But, but there, there's a certain obsession. It's like mm. when you get engaged or you're going to get married, you're kind of obsessed yes. with that person. Or when you become a parent for the first time and you look at that little baby, you 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 see? So yeah. I think your your life is dominated by that. Am I right? mm. Yeah, the Holy Spirit convicts the world of sin, John 16, 7, 8. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away, for if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you, and when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. So let's look yeah. at that. So number yeah. one, he gives life. Right. We saw that. Number two... He'll convict, yeah. as you just read in, yes. in the Gospel of John, which is a very healthy sign. Mm -hmm. uh, to be convicted means that uh, uh, you're uneasy. Yeah. Uh, it's painful. It, maybe I'm saying something, watching something, doing something, and for the first time you have a check. Well, before you were Christian, it didn't matter, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. right? Yeah. But now that's a very healthy sign to have that conviction. Mm. That uh, that unpleasant feeling that you're displeasing it, God. It, it's a little voice in your head, right, John? Yeah. I mean, well, it's, at least that's the way you know I feel about it. Like I'm doing something wrong. I know I'm doing something wrong. Exactly. And even though I might fully go through that exercise of doing it wrong, right. I'm later convicted. So then I come back and I'm I'm sorry I exactly. did that. Exactly. You know I'll try and do better. But that's the way I've experienced it since I've been a Christian. Because stuff I people I used to just run over. Everything else in life, uh, you know, I may still have that tendency, but I'm convicted immediately. There you go. After I do that. Yeah, let me give you an example. In Isaiah chapter 6, yeah. the prophet Isaiah has this vision of heaven. He sees God, mm -hmm. or high and lifted up. But he says, Woe unto me, 
for I am a man of unclean lips, yeah. and I dwell amongst the people of unclean lips. Now, do you think we dwell in a culture today of unclean lips mm, and that'd language? That'd be fair to say, right? Definitely. Movies, media, comedians, right. all over the place. It's a big joke, even to use God's name in vain. One of the indicators I often see, I haven't been a believer now almost 50 years, is one of the things that changes almost immediately is uh, people no longer use God's name in vain. That's right. Am I right? Yes. When they become, because you're conscious, I was conscious of the fact, oh, mm-hmm. Jesus died for John Michael Murtha. Jesus took the nails. He, he was crowned with thorns. I could never use his name or God's name in vain. As the Bible says in the third commandment, thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, or the Our Father, hallowed be thy name, any more than you would besmirch the name of your mother who you loved, or your grandmother, somebody that really loved you deeply. Mm. So one of the first things, in Isaiah chapter 6, after Isaiah says that, the angel takes a coal from the altar in heaven and sets <laughs> yeah. it on his lip, right. he sanctifies his lip. Mm-hmm. Now he goes out and he can speak God's word. Mm. And I think that's true with all of us when we're convicted you have our language can be divided into many ways before we're Christian or after. Blasphemy is the worst. Mm. You're using God's holy name in a discordant in a dismissive way, just flippantly, right? To bring right. emphasis to your own weak speech, you use God's name. Very, very bad. Yeah. I think demons tremble at that myself. Why? Because you're saved in his name, you pray in his name. Might be the last name on your breath when you pass, give your last breath up when you die, right? Mm-hmm. Cast out demons in right. his name. Number two um, is vulgarity. Mm-hmm. We should clean it up yeah. whatsoever things are pure and holy because it's not good. Uh, number three is frivolousness, just uh, uh, sarcasm or, or you know jokes that are uh, not edifying. That doesn't mean you can't be funny or something, but you, we're on this spectrum. But then you move into this whole area where you can have words that are encouraging, you can speak words that are inspiring. Yeah. You can speak the word of God. That is powerful. See how God then uses each one of us. But to your point, David, the first thing is that conviction. Yeah. That conviction. Th- that's how it starts, at least for you know from what I've seen in my life. And then from there, you realize he is a teacher above all teachers. Mm-hmm. So before, and I told you this, uh, and I've said this before, uh, even in front of the men's ministry group, that I used to do everything on my own. And I would read case studies, Harvard case studies for business or whatever it is, and right. I'd always be my my best teacher, yes. self-taught, mm-hmm. since I was a kid. You know, I started a, a companies when I was 15 um, and paid my way through college. And I, I think what I learned from that is I could rely on myself to figure out what I needed to do next. Exactly and right. in doing that, you, I also pushed people away in the sense that I don't really need them or they're not at my level or whatever it is. Now, what I do is I pray for direction from the Holy Spirit, and I pray for wisdom. And doors open and things get cleared through a mountain pass that you never could have done on your own. And when you start to see those breadcrumbs, you know you have the Holy Spirit in you. Yeah, uh, that's that's the easiest way for me to say it in my own life. What I've seen, you know, you're now yes. you're a different person. It's not my power no. of creating that at all, or putting all that together in a perfect puzzle with all the pieces. Yeah, I know that that it's because the Holy Spirit Something's dwells changed. in me. Yeah. Well, the Apostle Paul says this in Galatians two twenty. Yeah. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, but not me, mm-hmm. but Christ in me. You see that it's paradoxical. He's saying. My old life is dead. He was a religious terrorist for all practical purposes. He says, 
my old life is dead, but I still live. But the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me. But he says, Christ in me. Yeah. So Paul, it didn't matter. They throw him in prison. Okay, I'm in prison. I'm going to start writing these yeah. letters. They, they, they bring him before a king. He's giving his testimony. They kill him. They want to, he says, you kill me, great. Yeah. I'll go to be with the Lord. You leave me here, I'm going to keep teaching and preaching. Incredible. We had an old mission oh, professor who yeah. says, what's the devil going to do with a guy like that? That's right. Because he's, he's centered yeah. in Christ. You see, so the idea of being here, conviction. Well, how do we get conviction? We get conviction through the word of God. And that's why Peter says, as a newborn baby, desire the sincere milk of the word. Now, this is very important because... How many people, Mike, my own case too, before I was a Christian, before I had the intro, I didn't understand the Bible. Oh, yeah. I didn't understand it. I was sharing with Tristan earlier part of my testimony when I was in the soldier during uh, in Southeast Asia. Right. Uh, I um, I was very, I could understand Buddhism. I could understand Eastern religions. But I could not really grasp the Bible mm -hmm. because the Bible clearly says... The natural man does not receive the things of the spirit. Right. That's that's in First Corinthians chapter two. But to the spiritual man, these things are open. These things are open. Most of what is a spiritual man versus a natural man? Because you yourself said that you were pursuing. Okay, like for example, back in giving your testimony, mm -hmm. you talked about how you were pursuing Eastern religions. So you were pursuing spiritual encounters. So some would probably consider you to have been a spiritual person. Uh -huh. But you're claiming that 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 wasn't enough to be called a spiritual person. So what? Um, what uh, makes it so that you, that Russ, for example, that guy, like what makes mm -hmm. it so that you um, decided that you were going to be a spiritual person? You know, like where did the, where did the change happen? Well, well, first of all, spiritual people, because we're body, soul, and spirit, we, we, even before we're a believer, we have aspirations. We know there's something more to life than this. Uh, it'll say in uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 3 that God has set eternity in our hearts. Right. So we have this hunger and thirst for something more. But the problem is where do people go searching for answers to life? What's life all about? Is there a God? Is there no God? Uh, what's my destiny after I die? Is there a life after death? All of these are spiritual questions. Yes. But, but only the Bible gives you the clarity yeah. to answer all these big questions. Right. Yeah. But to do that, you have to have the Holy Spirit. Fair. And that's why in Ephesians chapter, uh, I'm sorry, Corinthians chapter 2, it will actually say um, the preaching of the gospel is foolishness to those that are perishing. Mm -hmm. You can be very bright, very intellectual, but you might think the Bible is a big joke. And then it will say this, um, yeah, I'm in Ephesians chapter 2 at the very end. He says, um, but the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. Right. So when we sit here and talk about the Bible, indwelling the Holy Spirit, look at scriptures, we're looking at scriptures yeah. because we have a certain capacity now to understand scripture and to compare scripture with scripture. Mm -hmm. right. Before that, chances are the three of us would not be sitting here at one o'clock on a June <laughs> May no, <right. laughs> no. Memorial Day weekend. Yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, yeah. am I right? Right, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. it, it opens up. And that's why Peter says, as a newborn baby, yeah. desire the sincere milk. Then you go from milk mm -hmm. to, the, to the bread. Jesus says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word uttered by the mouth of God. And then we go from that to what Paul calls strong meat. Right. He says, so you see those three levels. Yeah. And... You have to have spiritual nourishment that the Spirit of God may grow in you. 
Yeah, the, the, there's a quote I wrote down, John, 1 Corinthians 2, 10, 11. It talks about the Holy Spirit as our source, source for revelation, wisdom, and power. These are the things God has revealed to us by his Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except for their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Right. It's almost like when you're about to do something... You're already getting questioned. Why are you going to do that? How are you going to how are you going to present right, yourself? Right, right. And then you get God's response, even though we might still do it, which uh-huh. I've done. You you then have the ability to reflect. But that's also where you see, you're not you're not alone anymore. Right. Uh, I I think I think one of the biggest things you hear from people that are fallen in the sense that you know their their life to them is just going down a shaft they can't get out of. They right. see no way out. But before you you're born again, you are alone. You're gonna you're born alone. You'll die alone. That's not the case. When you become a born again and you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit dwells within you. So you now have Him all the way through that's your right. life with all of your decisions. So it's an incredible asset. Well, that's why He says we have this <laughs> yeah. treasure in, in an earthen vessel. Right. It's like yeah. it's like. A diamond, the, the gorgeous diamond ring set right. in silver and gold yeah. in a case, yeah. a jewelry case. Mm-hmm. Well, the jewelry case is not the most, imp- our body is not the most important thing. Yeah. It's what's inside it. Mm-hmm. That's the key. Yeah. That's the key. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, I mean, if, 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 if a guy gave an engagement ring to his uh, mm-hmm. uh, fiance mm-hmm. and she says, this is beautiful, and she threw away the ring and kept the box... You think it was crazy. I know. Well, people today are putting the emphasis on the outer shell, they on the are. body, yeah. and forgetting the soul. That's yeah. why Jesus says, what is it profit a man yeah. if mm. he gains the whole world yeah. but loses his soul? Right. Look how quick the world goes. Yeah. Our and life is like boom, fleeting. The key is you yeah. got body, mm-hmm. soul, spirit. And when we, when we accept Christ, as you say, David, it says in John 3, born again, we're quicked, mm-hmm. then our spirit comes alive mm-hmm. and it's united with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. That's why Paul says... I'm dead in my trespass, but I'm alive yes. in Christ now. It's a really right. interesting paradox. Yeah. And then he empowers you, but he also gives you access to the Word of God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I, when I was little, we'd go to the, the dime store and we'd get these 3D comics. Mm-hmm. Remember 3D comics? Mm-hmm. Well, if you get a 3D comic book, yeah. I have one at home. I don't know where I bought it. But if you look at it without the glasses, it's everything is distorted. You know, it, it's offset, it, it's different colors. Well, you put on the glasses. One one lens is red, the other end lens is blue. And you look at the book now; it, the pictures pop out. Mm. They're three D. They're three, and that's like the Word of God. Before you're a Christian, you don't yeah. have the Holy Spirit. You read it; it's really mm. hard to yeah. fathom it. That's why Jesus says, "My sheep hear my voice, mm-hmm. and another they will not follow." Mm-hmm. He says this in Matthew thirteen. He says, "People that don't understand is like what Isaiah said: hearing." You will hear and shall not understand. Seeing, you will see and not perceive. Yeah. The heart of the people have grown full. But he says to the believers, blessed are your eyes for they see and your ears for they hear. Mm. And then he later says, it is given unto you to understand principles of the kingdom. Right. Or we have access to, to, to mysteries. But the key there is we have to now be in the word of God. Mm. Yeah. And the Holy Spirit is really our teacher. I mean, we have good pastors, we have good Bible teachers, but the key is the Holy Spirit will lead us into all truth. Yeah, the Spirit of Truth, John 16, 13 to 15, 
But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you mm -hmm. into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. Mm -hmm. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive uh, what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. So it's almost like you are talking to the Godhead right. when you ask the Holy Spirit for guidance and wisdom. Yeah. Think about that yeah. for a minute. No, you're right. It's like a telephone uh, right up to God. And, you know, I think, I, I sure need a lot of work in this area, but I think it's just an incredible asset that new believers, even you know, a 50-year vet, I'm sure you're always learning how to yeah. better utilize yeah. it. Yeah, right. 50 years, half a century. Yeah. I've been doing it for about eight, um, and I've got a ton to learn about the power of, of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, we all do. But, yeah. again, I reiterate, John chapter 14 and John 16, a lot yeah. of info about the Holy Spirit there. Here's what Jesus says in John 14, verse 17. The Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you, and he will be in you. Hmm. You see, that's a very important hmm. statement. Because why? The Holy Spirit came upon people in the Old Testament. The prophets David will say, take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Mm -hmm. But in the New Testament, he doesn't come upon us. He comes to dwell in us. Mm -hmm. And that's yeah. that's a game changer. That, that is. is huge. We become the tabernacle. We become the tabernacle. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, we that's become really the tabernacle. That's really hard for people to understand that concept, Well, John. yeah, because it will even say in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16, he'll use that phrase. Notice what he says here. He's also, there's a couple places. But 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16. Do you have that, Tristan? Yeah. Uh, do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. For God's temple is holy and you are that temple. Do you see that? He says, do you not know that you are the temple of God? Well, what was it about the temple in Jerusalem? God dwelled in the Holy yeah. of Holies. Right. Now, because of death, burial, resurrection, ascension of Jesus, now he can dwell in individuals uh -huh. and Gentiles at that. But notice he says, do you not know? He doesn't say that you are a house mm -hmm. or that you are a dwelling or that you are a resident or you are a tent. Mm -hmm. He says you are a temple. Yeah. Yes. See, the temple was a holy place. Mm -hmm. And that's why he, he stresses, especially with the Corinthians, because mm -hmm. they kind of went sideways a couple times. They were very carnal. But he says, don't defile the temple. And, of course, they were doing that a lot of it through sexual immorality, if you study what was going on at the time. And he says, you're pure. Safeguard that presence of God that's dwelling in your mortal bodies mm. right now. Very, very powerful stuff. He says the same thing later on uh, in um, Corinthians where he's talking about... Uh, uh, in verse 19, chapter 6, verse 19. What, what is it, 1? What are 1 Corinthians, at? chapter 6, verse 19. Okay. Well, actually, look at verse uh, uh, Look at verse 17, 18, and 19. It says in verse 17, But he who is joined to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. Flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but sexual immorality um, is a sin against one's own body. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price, so glorify God in your body. See that? That's it. That's on each one of us. But notice we're bought with a price. Well, yeah. what was the price? 
Christ dying on the cross. The blood, yeah. yeah. That Paul said, uh, Peter says, we're not, we're not purchased, we're not redeemed with gold and silver, but by the precious blood of Jesus. Mm. So do you see the transaction going on here? In religions, most religions are informational. What I mean by that is they give you a moral code. Mm -hmm. Don't be a drunkard. Mm -hmm. Don't be sexually immoral. Don't steal. Don't do this. Don't do that. They might even say, don't eat this kind of food. Make a pilgrimage. Do this. Do that. Don't do that. Okay. Uh, I'm not saying it's bad. It's moral, a moral code. But essentially, Christianity is transactional. We accept mm -hmm. the sacrifice of Jesus. So that's why it says in 2 Corinthians 5, He who knew no sin became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God. They, they, theologians call this the great exchange. Mm -hmm. So I gave to Jesus my guilt, my sin, my shame, my, my wasted years, yeah. all of that I put on him, so mm -hmm. to speak. Mm -hmm. In turn, he gives me forgiveness peace, joy, indwelling Holy Spirit, illumination of the scriptures, fellowship with brothers and sisters here and around the world, and the promise that he's going to prepare a home for me in heaven. What an exchange. Mm -hmm. But you see, it's transactional. It's not like, oh, now he wants me to memorize 10 verses and he wants me to fast once every month mm -hmm. or he wants me to climb up the cathedral right. steps on my bed. Right. Yeah. You know, it's not, yeah. it's a gift for God so loved the world that he gave. Yeah. You see, it's a gift. You know, th this is pretty raw, but, you know, I kind of think about the Holy Spirit. It's a seal, mm -hmm. and, and it's the fact that Jesus has adopted us as his children. So it's kind of like cattle, an owner of cattle where, you know, they brand them and, yeah. you know, they're back. Um, you know, I think that's important, but I also think a new believer has to realize it is incredible safe harbor. Mm. It, it gives you protection and shelter from the fallen world, too. Yeah. And I think the only way to get people off of the path they're currently on, if they're not a new believer, is to try and point that out to them. And then you give a testimony in your own life about how you've been protected, how you've gone through adversity by being you know, a born-again Christian. Um, and I think that's an important element, John, to helping people look over the fence. Yeah, right. Because most people won't until they're close to their grave. Yeah. Because, you know, it's too easy right now. I'm too busy. Life is too good. I'm enjoying life, uh, at least, you know, the material world, the physical world. Uh, and, and I think that's where that's we got to find a way to bridge that gap. And no, get them to look sooner than later. You're right, David. Like Tristan, you know, yeah. he started. I wish I started when he. Did. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, we I mean, then then he's got all those years ahead of right. him. So many of us like come you too. Right. You I was 27. Okay. I was 27. at the Yeah. End. So, but, um, yeah. yeah, now is the time of mm -hmm. salvation, you know, right. no matter what your age is. Like somebody says, what's the best time to plant an apple tree? Well, 30 <laughs> years ago. <laughs> what's the second best time? Today. <laughs> what's the best time to get saved? Well, wait. 20 years, 30 Don't years wait. ago. What's the second best time? Today. Yeah. You see, and, yeah. and the, the, the gift that God wants to give us, because mm -hmm. you know it, it's not only you getting saved in right relationship, your whole family's trajectory yeah. changes. Oh, yeah. Am I right? Oh, yes. The mm -hmm. whole, yeah, I can definitely it say changes, yeah. you know, and the purpose uh -huh. for living, you yeah. see answers prayer, you see favor, mm -hmm. you see God, God open doors mm -hmm. to Grove City. Oh, yeah. For Tristan, for T. Yeah. For, I've seen it for doors yeah. open to, to, to do documentaries in yes. Southeast Asia and God right. opens this door. Yeah. For all of us, it's not yep. limited. Mm -hmm. So the point being, so let's review quickly. Number one, the Holy Spirit gives us life. That's mm -hmm. the critical issue. Mm -hmm. We were once were dead in sin, 
Now, number two, mm-hmm. which you brought up, David, is he convicts us of sin. Mm-hmm. That's very, very important, especially in the world today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Always was, always will be. Number three, he allows us to open his word and understand mm-hmm. his word. Mm-hmm. Now, let's look at one other thing the Holy Spirit gives, and that is power. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, when you have the Holy Spirit, uh, Jesus says in Acts chapter 1, go wait for the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, and then you'll be my witnesses. See, once you really accept Jesus Christ as your Lord, Savior, and the Holy Spirit indwells you, you want to share it. Am I right? It's like mm-hmm. it's like if everybody in the world is dying of a disease and you got the vaccine, you discovered it, and you know it works, you want to share it. Mm-hmm. You don't want to keep it to yourself. Mm-hmm. That's why you look for opportunities just to, like you just said, yes. David, well, consider the claims of Jesus or consider the life that he's calling us to. Consider the fact that we, we're not promised tomorrow. You know, right. we're just not promised tomorrow, and there's an eternity. Yeah. This gives us the assurance, you know. Mm-hmm. So you have power. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus says, um, once you're a believer, he says, I give you power to trample upon serpents and scorpions. Yes. Now, that is a metaphor, serpents and scorpions, in the Bible, often a metaphor for the demonic. Now, we don't realize that often living in America. But if you go to Africa, yeah. Asia, parts yeah. of South, it's very real. It's yeah. everyday life. I lived in a place in villages where they fear yeah. spirits. They have little spirit houses, little children. They put these strings on their wrists so the spirit won't yeah. attack them. Yeah. And they have these. But once you come to Christ, you don't have to do that. No. Mm-hmm. You see, he gives you that power. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, that's a very, it says in 1 John chapter 4, verse 4, greater is he that is in, in you than, is than in the he world. that's in the world. Right. It says in James chapter 4, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. He says, resist the devil and he will what? Flee from you. you, Then draw nigh to God. But you have to be under right submission. And if you look at Acts, there's a situation in in the Acts of the Apostles where these men came. They saw what the apostles were doing, setting mm-hmm. people free from demons, and they tried to do it. Right. But they weren't filled with the Holy Spirit. What mm-hmm. happened to them? Both, I think the demon ends up like stripping them naked and beating them yeah. up. And yeah, then, exactly yeah, they right. Run, they run away. Yeah, exactly right. right. Yep. Because they didn't have the Holy Spirit. Right. And, you know, uh, I, I like, remember when I first read the uh, Bible, front to back, about eight years ago, John? Mm-hmm. And Jesus puts in there, Matthew 17, 17, how long shall I put up with you? You know, and he's talking to the disciples, but you see the huge change. They had little faith. Yeah. And I think that the other big thing is during Pentecost, when they were all together in the room, before they were ordinary men, fishermen, not scholars or leaders, but then you saw the transformation with the Holy Spirit. I mean, they were hiding, scared men after Jesus died on the cross. You're exactly right. And then all of a sudden, what, 10, 10 of the 11 of the 12 were brutally murdered for their convictions right so what a transformation exactly mm. um you know that, that that's the biggest thing i have in my head is the power the holy spirit can give you mm. yeah and you just keep growing you. in yeah. that right. which what we want to do we'll look at this in a moment but allow the holy spirit to control us more and more right so if you look at romans chapter 8 we're just going to look at one or two more of the benefits of the indwelling of the holy spirit but chapter 8 of romans verse 1 says what Romans chapter 8, Romans chapter 8, verse verse 1. Yeah, go ahead. For there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. There you go. No more condemnation. How many people live in the world with condemnation? 
one of the things the Holy Spirit will do will set you free from that mm -hmm. because it identifies you as a child of God. And whatever the sins were, mm -hmm. if, they, if you come to the cross, the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all of our sin. Yeah. And that's a big thing. Yeah. So many right. people live under the shadow of guilt. Would you say that he does that through the process of baptism? Because it tends to be mentioned, like baptism with the Spirit is one of the most mentioned things well, in the New Testament. The big thing is, it's a good question, Tristan. The big thing is, is once a person comes to faith in Christ, okay, like Paul. Again, he was a religious terrorist. Yeah. He was, a, But once he came to know Jesus, uh, he says, I'm forgetting those things in the past. I strive to the the high purpose, the high calling that I've been called to. Uh, he will say in Romans, I'm sorry, Hebrews chapter 12, uh, let's, let's lay aside every weight of sin that easily besets us and run the race before us. The idea being that the more you know you're a child of God, the more you don't remember or you forget, they don't dominate the, your, your sins and misdeeds of the past. Because you're a new yeah. creature. Mm -hmm. You're a new creature in Christ. Right. I think about that all the time, especially uh, the Apostle Paul, what he did and where he came from and how powerful he was in the future and what an, and, and the amount of fruit that he bore uh, by being in the Holy Spirit and following. Yeah. You know, so for me, regardless of what I've done in the past, I've heard people, uh, you know, and so for me, um, it just gives you hope. And, you know, regardless of what you've done, you can come. And I think, John, the biggest thing, too, is you hear people say, there is no way I can become a Christian for everything I've yeah, done. Yeah, right. There's right. no way God's going to accept me. you got to go to the Bible and see what Paul did. You look at who Moses was. You look at King David. I mean, man, it, you know, could it get any worse? Yeah. And these were some of the most powerful characters in the Bible. Yeah. No, you're right, David. I mean, That's why it says... the that they had with the Holy Spirit. It, what does it say in Isaiah... Though, come let us reason together. Right. Though your sins be as scarlet, that was the deepest yeah, color right. of a dye, right. they shall be Maybe as white as snow. Though they be like crimson, mm -hmm. they shall be as wool. See, that, that's a trick of the accuser, the devil, is to keep people locked in their past. Mm -hmm. we got to go forward. And there's nothing the blood of Jesus cannot take care of in terms of erasure. You know, when I first got into this, John, uh, I remembered, and this is true of everything we do today, what does the press love? Mm -hmm. Bad news. Yeah. Bad stuff on people. And honestly, um, that is a gift when you become a Christian because you can use that to get people's attention. Right. And you can tell your story better. You know, for me, I, I've been able to tell my story um and it's helped with some of the past stuff, you know, versus, well, I've always been a Christian. It's hard for people to understand that you came from something. And so for me, regardless of what you've done, come. I mean, bring it and yeah. use it as a gift yeah, to teach right. other people and to bring them to your side of the fence exactly. in a good way. Yes, for you know, sure. This isn't a controlling thing, but just to show them what you've come from. Yeah. And, and I think regardless of what you've done, it's a gift. If you were at the bottom, I mean, look at, you know, some of the people we've had on the show, what they've come through. Yeah, right. David Hill and all these other guys. It's incredible. And now they're they're getting crowds all around them whenever they preach. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's an old saying, there ain't a saint that wasn't a sinner. There's not a sinner that can't become a saint. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's true. It, there's God saves from the uttermost to the guttermost. I mean, there's right. no, that's the power of the saving yeah. power mm -hmm. of Jesus Christ. Sin right. is sin. You know, it's yeah. terrible. But nevertheless, 
that's what he came to do. He came yeah. to die for sinners. And Paul says, whom I'm chief of sinners. He said, but again, in yeah. chapter 8, um, it'll even say, verse 2, uh, I mean Romans chapter 8, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ, Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Mm. And then he'll go down further, and that's where he'll say, um, verse 9, but you are not in the flesh. That mm -hmm. is just carnal. But in the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. There's the important element. Right. Now, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not in him. But And if Christ is in you, the body is dead. That means our old self, because sin. But the spirit of life. Then he says, verse 11, but if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. Mm. I mean, can you imagine the spirit, the Holy Spirit raises Jesus out of that tomb? Right. And the same spirit dwells in us? Yeah. So you see that idea, and therefore um, he will go on to say the other thing the Spirit, the Holy Spirit do, if you want to read it, uh, Tristan, is in uh, verse 20, uh, 26. 26. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we, do, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. So now we see it helps us to pray. pray. So the Spirit, okay, so in a way the Spirit is, all right, Jesus said that he had to die, right? Mm -hmm. Because that, that forgives us of sin. And then when he leaves, he said the Helper will come. Right. And the Helper, I suppose, is Jesus' additional way of helping us get to the Father. The Would Holy say, Spirit. Right, the in Holy words, Spirit. He says, I must leave that the Holy Spirit might come, so I'm not going to leave you as orphans. The yes. Holy Spirit is going to come. Yes. Because remember, when Jesus was on the earth, he was limited. Right. You know, he's in the boat. He's not in the Galilee. You know, he's, yeah, he's yeah, very yeah. limited. Yeah. Uh, but now that he's this transaction has taken place, mm. uh, it's open. Right. And now there's one temple in Jerusalem that's going to be destroyed in mm. 70 A.D. Now there's many, many temples because of this transaction yes. that Jesus has done. Now this was actually prophesied. Uh, in the Old Testament, that that this was going to happen. Where was that? Uh, you can look at look at Ezekiel, chapter thirty six for a moment. Ezekiel chapter thirty six. Uh, if you want to read it, Ezekiel thirty six. You said. Uh huh. Ezekiel chapter thirty six, and then uh, uh, look at look at twenty four through twenty seven. Twenty seven. I will take you from the nations and gather you from all the countries and bring you into your own land. I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean from all your uncleanliness, and from all your idols I will cleanse you. And I will give you a new heart, a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. See that? See I mean, that? I'll put my that's spirit. That's Old Testament. That's, yeah. That sounds like it's just quoted from like Acts or something. Yeah, you know? right. Exactly right. The same thing happens in uh, the previous book in uh, Isaiah, uh, Jeremiah 31. Jeremiah 31. Yeah. Look at Jeremiah 31 and uh, through verse 34. 31 uh, through 34. Jeremiah 31, 31 through uh -huh. 34. Okay. Mm -hmm. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. Not like the covenant that was that I made with their fathers on the day when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt. That's old covenant. Yes. Remember, Jesus says, this is my blood in the new covenant right. at the Last Supper. Go right. on. Um, but he says, my covenant that they broke, though I was their husband, declares the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law within them and I will write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. 
And one more. And no longer shall each one teach his neighbor and each his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me. For, for the, from the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity and I will remember their sin. No, no condemnation. More. Man. No condemnation. What a world. And also, it's no more every man will teach his neighbor because the right. anointing of the Holy Spirit is going to teach you. Yes. We can learn from pastors, we learn from teachers, but the Holy Spirit also guides us into all truth. Mm. That's Old Testament. That's 700 years before mm. Jesus comes. That's insane. So all these threads form the tapestry of the Bible right. through the Word of God, and it's uh, it's pretty remarkable. That's why I challenge people to at least look at the evidence. I mean, right. this is what this is. Right. Did men come together and write all this and try to put all this detail and nuance mm. together to, and then... Why is this experience so consistent, mm. whether you live in Africa or South America right. or New York City? Right. Why is it that uh, people have this encounter yeah. and their life completely flips? Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just yeah. phenomenal. Yeah. So that that is another thing. And in Romans, it'll talk about he helps us to pray. But then it also says in Romans 8. Romans 8 is actually a very important chapter about and, the Holy and, Spirit. And why exactly? Mr. Martha, do you feel that way? Well, I just think Paul, Romans is a, is a legal document. It's a treatise. Okay. The greatest some people think ever. Because it presents man as guilty, first yes. three chapters. He's, he's dead in his trespasses. Yes. And then his office of remedy. Right. And then he presents us how to live. Right, the Roman road. The Roman road. Yes. Uh, exactly right. And then he says, you have the assurance now because the Spirit searches our heart. Look at verse 27, Romans 8. It says in Romans 8, verse 27, um, And he who searches hearts knows what is in the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. You know, that kind of goes off the idea of what you said earlier, Mr. North, about mm -hmm. how your own spirit knows your own mind, right? Yeah, okay, yeah. this is a very strong example of the Trinity, right? Yeah. Because how can some, this, this Spirit truly know um, what is in the mind, right, right. Of, of Jesus, unless the right. Spirit is his Spirit, right? Exactly you right. Know? It, that is really the level, because we don't see God, See, our, our physical body interacts with this physical world. Yes. You know, you see the trees, uh -huh. you're sitting at a table. Uh -huh. Our soulish part is emotionally interacting. Right. That's your persona. That's your real right. personality resides in your soul. Right. You know, your thoughts. But the spirit, which prior to being made quickened or alive, is like almost in a slumber state, if you will. Once it's quickened by the Holy Spirit, then you can understand mm. the things of God. Mm. You can internally uh, worship God. You can uh, God can drop thoughts in your in your thoughts. Mm. You see, mm. you can you can compare spiritual things with spiritual things. You can have a deep desire to pray for something or someone. You don't even mm. where did that come from? Right. You see, the Holy Spirit. Right. And then as a result of this, um, that's that's why He will say you have this you have this assurance um, that you are a child of God now. Mm. Okay. Um, uh, he he. Look what he says in. Um, uh, this uh, who who can be against us now? Uh, verse uh, thirty four, the uh, same Romans uh, chapter eight, verse thirty one. Let's say through uh, thirty five. Okay, what then shall we say of these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare His own Son, but gave Him up for us all, how will He not also, with Him, graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, he was raised. Who is at the right hand of God? Who indeed is interceding for us? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, or sword? Right? Yeah. 
And then it says in verse 36, as it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We regard as sheep to be slaughtered. There you have it. Yeah. The assurance that he'll never leave us. Yeah. That because he's indwelling. It says in the same Romans 8, 15, he says, for you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to the right. fear, but you received the spirit of adoption mm -hmm. by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. Right. We're aware that we have a relationship mm -hmm. with God. That's what God's word says, mm -hmm. not what we are yes. thinking about. So the last thing we touch on, and we'll close because this hour is coming to a close rapidly, is in Galatians chapter 5. What does the Holy Spirit do for us or it enables us to do? Um, and that is in Galatians chapter 5. And when you turn there, uh, you'll see that uh, what Paul will say, if you look at verse 22 uh, through, um, yeah, 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. What does it mean there is no law? Mr. There's no... You there's don't no need a law. Yeah, you don't need a law to tell you to do that. Right. You see, there's no law um, okay, against so such. There's like no... An example could be. All right. So in, in the Old Testament, they're like the Israelites are obviously a mess all over the place, right? Mm -hmm. But there's a part where God, um, they're sacrificing to him, right? Like they're technically keeping the law in, to, in some degrees, right? Like they're still sacrificing to God. They're still uh -huh. doing these things. But God ends up scolding them because he says, like, you don't you don't know me like you don't love me you're just doing these these things to keep the law and uh -huh. in a way he's almost accusing them of loving the law above loving god who the law is supposed to point to uh -huh. right 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 yeah in other words once you have this you don't do kind things to do kind things you right. do kind things because you're kind right you don't you, you don't do acts of mercy because you want to do it, you do it because you're merciful. Right. Because it's in in you now. It's in you. Right. And so one thing the Holy Spirit does is it allows us to start manifesting these really the personality of Jesus Christ: right. love, joy, peace, long suffering. And some of us may have had terrible uh, anger issues. We right. might have been very impatient with people. We might have uh, had all of this. But the, now these other qualities can start manifesting mm. themselves. That's another enabling. Right. Uh, and empowering of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. So as we close, you see, you know, the Holy Spirit gives us spiritual life. The right. Holy Spirit opens the Word of God to us. The Holy Spirit convicts us of sin. Right. The Holy Spirit assures us we're a child of God. Right. The Holy Spirit empowers us. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. And now we see the Holy Spirit is produces spiritual fruit that mm -hmm. should be manifest in mm -hmm. our lives. Right. You don't get fruit automatically, but it should start manifested itself as we continue to right. grow in Christ. Right. So Tristan, as this program comes to an end on Memorial Day and Memorial Weekend is when we celebrate and remember those men yeah. and women that literally lay down their lives for right. us. You know, Veterans Day is different. You just remember the arm, those that served in the armed forces. But Memorial Day, you remember mm. those that shed blood that in a sense, we can be free today. Mm. Right. And when you think of that, what Jesus did in the shedding of his blood, that we can be free indeed, really free for eternity yeah. and the blood of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And, you know, this came to my wife and I when we were in North Carolina uh, last week. We flew into Asheville. Beautiful. North right. Carolina is incredible yeah. as we flow over the treetops. You didn't see a town. You didn't see a village. Just this beautiful creation of sure. God down below. And then we were able to visit with her father. Uh, well into his 90s mm. now, still extremely wow. active, Russ Yanko and his wife Shirley, and just a great time down there, and uh, just send them a shout out and mm. say hi to them. 
But North, North Carolina is such a beautiful mm. state. Really, mm. really did mm. enjoy it. So, Tristan, God bless you as you start your job for the summer. Thank saving you. lives Thank down you. at Huntington Beach yeah. and saving people spiritually as you share your testimony and your gospel. And thank you again for everyone that tuned in. God bless you. Have a great Memorial Day weekend. Take care.